So Brad and I, um, for those of you who know us, or maybe you don't know us, we, before we moved here to New Brunswick, we enjoyed uh, canoeing. We enjoyed um, canoeing out in the lakes of northern British Columbia. When we first began, that was a story, when we first began, we needed to learn how to paddle, how to paddle the canoe, which I tell you, if anyone needs uh, <laughs> needs some maybe marriage uh, counseling or even try to see where your marriage is at, Go for a canoe ride. Uh, yeah, just pick up some paddles and go for a canoe ride because I tell you, it was a good test of Brad and, I, and our marriage and see how we were. We had to learn how to paddle together. So there were days where we know it. We knew it was practice time. We're going to try it. And we survived paddling in the circles. We paddled in the windstorms. We went against the wind, with the wind, arguing what way the wind is going. And um, we got stuck also in the fog, not knowing where actually were on the lake. So we survived all of that. And uh, long story short, long story short, we needed to take time to learn a few things to be able to canoe and fish well, such as how to paddle, which we just talked about, what kind of bait to use for certain types of fish that we wanted to catch, where were the fish even located in this lake, and even what to pack to eat and snack on. Those are the things that we just had to learn about before um, we could become good at it. We learned that fishing along the shoreline wasn't working unless you wanted to catch frogs and tadpoles. It just was not um, what we wanted to be catching. So we launched out into the deep in hopes for a better experience. The day we launched out from the shoreline in our canoe to the deep, I admit I was a bit panicky, like to the point where you're just like... <gasps> Like it catches your breath a little bit, realizing that you are out in the deep water and you have a life jacket and that's about it with you. And, uh, but, but once you learn, once you learn the deep, the more familiar and the more comfortable the deep can become. Okay, so don't get me wrong. There is comfort staying on the shoreline, right? The shoreline allows you to walk where you want, have control. You can do what you want. But uh, even when our kids were little, when they were little, we would keep them on the shoreline when we went to the beach. You know, you have your sandcastles, you play with the, with the pails and all that. You keep them on the shoreline, and then they can play in the shallow water. That was playing it safe. The control is something that doesn't leave us as we grow up. We almost want more control into how our lives will be. To be honest, we were not meant to stay on a shoreline forever, all right? There is more to life than just the shoreline. There's a time of shoreline growth and learning, but there's a time where it's time to push off into the deep from the shore and experience the fullness of what that deep could have. Jesus's life was like that. He would teach those on the shoreline, but also he invited people into the deep where true faith could be developed. Today, we are going to look at one story found in Luke 5, and we're going to dissect it, open it up, and to hear what God is saying in Luke 5 to us. So let's pray. If you're at home, let's close our eyes and let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you that you are here today. Thank you that your word is true and it's powerful and it's alive. So Jesus, we say, speak your life today. We ask that you speak clear, Jesus. We ask that you touch um, everyone listening today right now or even in the future re-listening. Jesus, we just say, use this message in a way that's just going to launch us into a bigger and better and deeper relationship with you. 
in your name. Amen. So we're going to start reading in Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. So it says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats on the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deep and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and they followed Jesus. That's awesome. So Luke, the author, has given us so much to unpack. So let's start from the beginning of this story on the shoreline. Jesus started on the shoreline on the Sea of Galilee, a place that was most common for fishermen to do their work. Jesus was there one day teaching people. The crowd who was there heard about Jesus, the good works that he was doing. He was becoming known among the communities which was creating these crowds. In these verses, the story shows that it was good to be on the shoreline. But the shoreline is not the final place for those who want to follow Jesus. To live on the beach would be a dream. Some of us here already live on the beach, and that is a dream. You know, right? You get the fresh air, the sound of the water, the sun rises, the calm and the comfort. And then I think of places like Hawaii. You know, you got that, that pure sand and the smell, and you got pineapples and palm trees. That is just right now, especially after the snow last night, that is calling my name Hawaii and the beaches. But these are comforts. We need to make sure that we do not camp on the shoreline. There is time to move off the beach. It wasn't a coincidence that Jesus was on the same beach that morning that Peter was there. There was a plan and there is a bigger picture. And that's what I'm hoping to reveal today. What God is saying is that there is a bigger picture. Peter, let's talk about him for a second, was a professional fisherman. This is what he was trained to do and knew exactly how to do it. This was his only job. This was his job. The day-to-day, night-to-night, this was his job, and this is what he knew. It was his life. Jesus was on the beach, the same beach that Peter was on. This would not be the same, or this wouldn't be the first time that Peter encountered Jesus, as Jesus had already healed his mother-in-law prior. So Peter knew who Jesus was. He knew him. He's, he's been around him. 
But in verse 5, I'm going to read this a bit. It says, great crowds pressed in on him, onto Jesus, to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats on the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them there as they were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. So I might be the only one that kind of sees this as a little bit humorous. This part, I don't even know if it's meant to be a little bit funny, but I see it as a bit comical because Jesus looks at the boats and he's teaching to the crowd and he's like, I'm running out of space. There's the boats. And without asking, gets into the boat. He doesn't ask Peter. He just gets in the boat, and then he says to him, hey, can you, like, push me out so I can finish my teaching? He doesn't even ask him. That's just, I don't know, there's a part of that where it's just Jesus had a plan, and he he could see the plan starting to brew. And so it's not coincidence that Jesus was there at the same time as Peter. Jesus knew what was already on Peter's heart. He knew Peter was miserable. He knew he was frustrated as he had a night of zero catch. That in that moment when Jesus got into Peter's boat, Peter probably didn't care anymore. He's probably like, you're in my boat. Yeah, go use it. Go do what you got to do. He probably didn't care much anymore. And I think Jesus was intentional about stepping into Peter's boat because this made sure that Peter couldn't leave until Jesus was done with Peter because Jesus was planning to have something special for Peter, an opportunity. Once Jesus finished teaching the people on the shoreline, Jesus transferred his attention. He looked over to Peter, and he looks at Peter, who was working on the shoreline, probably tired, probably grumpy, and and Jesus says, now go. Go out where it is deeper, and let down your nets to catch some fish. You will notice that Jesus was straight to the point. He did not ask Peter. He told Peter. This gave the choice to Peter to either obey or disobey. There was no, hey, Peter, do you want to try this? It was a disobey or obey. Peter could have responded with, no thanks. I'm going home. I'm tired. I stink. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm out. I'm just going to go home. He could have also said, dude, who are you to tell me where the fish are? I was just fishing all night. This is my life. Why are you telling me where to fish? But instead, Peter replied with a complaint that he had fished all night and there was nothing. Jesus stands there. I see that when, when Peter responded saying, I just came from out there. There's nothing out there and I'm exhausted. I can see Jesus standing there and out of patience, no comment. And for Peter and Jesus to be standing there and Jesus not saying anything, I have a feeling that Peter's probably like, this is getting a little bit awkward and he's not letting this go. So in Luke 5, 5, it says, but if you say so, I'll let down my nuts again. I don't see that as an exciting Peter going, yes, if you say so, I'll go do it again. I see it as a, but if you say so, fine, I'll go do it again. That's the attitude that I see Peter. Jesus knew that Peter was struggling with purpose in life, feeling defeated and feeling hopeless. Have you ever felt defeated at one point or another in life or frustrated over something that you've tried and tried that you you should be good at, but it's just not working out? 
Many of us, like Peter, wondering, what is the point? What is the point? I know that I have felt like that at times. What is the point? What am I even doing? Does this even have purpose anymore? Or feeling that you're just stuck in your day-to-day. The good news is that Jesus cares when you are feeling like that. He doesn't want us stuck. He doesn't want us feeling hopeless. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans of good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Let's get this truth into our hearts. Write it on your sticky notes and post it on those bathroom mirrors. Memorize it. It needs to become an anthem in our lives each day. Jesus' plan is for you to prosper. It is for you to have hope. It is for you to have a future. Peter, who is on the shoreline, who is being called by Jesus to now and to go out where it is deeper, But for Peter to go to that deep, Peter needed to obey Jesus. In the chat right now, type in, I want to go deeper. Type it in, I want to go deeper, because we're going to talk about the deep. The deep is unknown. When I was writing this, I was a bit struggling on this topic, on the deep, because the deep doesn't have a specific, this is what it is. For everyone's life and situation, the deep is different. But when you encounter the deep and Jesus is, in, is there, he takes you on an amazing journey. But until we experience the deep or go to the deep, it is unknown. The unknown is where we let God have control. It's the place where we say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. It's the place where he works deep in our lives. In Romans 12, too, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Isn't that awesome? His good, pleasing, and perfect will. In this story, we see that in the deep, Jesus provided life with all the fish. Loads of fish. Jesus transformed Peter's life by changing the way he thinks. Jesus called Peter to God's will. His life, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. To get to the deep, there needs to be obedience. If you don't want to, it's not going to happen. There needs to be obedience and giving up of what is comfortable. The giving up of the shoreline life to life on purpose with Jesus. From our obedience leads to blessing. Peter was on the beach mending his nets. He didn't say to Jesus, yeah, sure, in a bit, I need to make sure my nets are good first. Or my nets are are still pretty dirty. You know, when I'm done cleaning them up, I'll see what I can do and I'll, I'll try that deep thing out. Peter obeyed in his frustration. He didn't wait to get fixed up. He didn't wait to get cleaned up. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect by, made perfect in weakness. Isn't that awesome? My grace is sufficient for you. Jesus calls, saying, Come as you are, and he will deal with the fixing, he will deal with the cleaning. Now, right in the chat, I want to obey. 
I want to obey. When I was writing about obedience, I kept going to, you know, as parents, you, you want your kids to obey. And sometimes they don't want to obey. And it can be difficult. And as God the Father, he is He's giving us opportunities where we can obey. And if we don't obey, it can be difficult. It can be frustrating. But Peter's obedience was not even out of excitement, he chose to obey. It came out of frustration and hopelessness because he didn't know his next step. Peter's response to Jesus in verse 5, it says, Master, Simon Peter replied, we worked all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, sure, I'll go back out there. I'll put my nets down again. Sure, I'll try. God can bless. God can bless obedience even if you do it out of frustration. God can bless obedience even if you do it out of frustration. There are things in my life that I don't want to do. I don't, and I should do it, right? For example, something as simple as working out and eating healthy every day. Do I want to do this every day? No, I don't. I want to eat pizza all the time and poutines or poutines or however you all say it out here. I want to eat it all the time. I want to eat chocolate. I will share the candy, but the chocolate is mine. But if that's all I did, there's no blessing in that, right? If I chose, you know what, I'm going to have it sometimes, but my focus is to be healthy and to be strong. Even when I'm grumpy, I'll still show up to do it. There is going to be benefits that come from that. Once you see the benefits, it's easier to stay on that health track if that was the goal. The same is with being in the deep. When we pushed out from the shore in our canoe out into the deep, the first handful of times, it was really uncomfortable for me, where parts of me wanted to go back to the shoreline, especially when the winds picked up or the fog comes in. I want to be out on the shoreline. But once you experience the deep, once you experience the life in the deep, the wonder in the deep, and you begin to crave that deep, Peter's action of obedience activated his faith. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by faith and not by sight. And Hebrews eleven six it says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And then James, he writes in James 2 and verse 14, this one, I, I really like this. What, God, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Peter's act of obedience activated his faith. His action was to get into the boat and go to the deep. His faith came from it, and so did the blessing. So right now, we're going to talk about the blessing. Type in the chat, bring on the blessing. Type it in. Bring on the blessing. 
because it says in verse uh, verse 6 and 7 of Luke chapter 5, and in this time their nets were so full of fish they begin to tear a shout for help brought their partners in from the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking peter had to make a choice right to obey or disobey and then with his obedience his faith was activated and the blessing followed the truth is god loves to bless his people god loves us so much the ultimate proof of this is he sent jesus the father in his great love for us he sent his son jesus to die on the cross he took upon himself all of those sins and sicknesses along with our guilt and our shame so we could have a relationship with god the father He freely gave us this gift of salvation, freed us from eternal death. Can you hear that? God loves us, and he wants to have the best with us. He wants us to go deeper with him. He assured us eternal life with him. The fish load that Peter was receiving, it was God's blessing. It was a life being poured out to Peter physically in his boat being poured out. Peter couldn't contain it and called others. This, this load of fish was his livelihood. If he didn't fish or catch fish, how was he going to pay the bills or, or take care of people or his, his family? It, God saw that need and he took care of that need in the deep. When we're in the deep, God will take care of us even when we don't know what's going on. Peter, when he got all that fish, he could not contain it in his boat. So he called for help and more came over and more. The people he was connected connected to, they also received this blessing. They experienced Peter's life change because he was obedient and then he made the action to go. When we say yes to Jesus, even when we don't know what the next steps are, Jesus provides for us and provides life on purpose. Jesus takes care of us. Isn't that awesome? If you agree, write in amen or yes or thumbs up. Jesus takes care of us. He is for us and not against us. In verse 8, after they got the boats back to land, I envisioned Jesus kind of standing there, like maybe hands in his, if they, you know, like what's really cool to wear is those, um, well, I guess more for girls in their dresses and now have, have pockets. So I could just, if Jesus had pockets in his clothes then, I could just see his hands in his pockets going, so? So? How was it, guys? Did, like, that was pretty awesome, wasn't it? I can see Jesus, like, being excited for Peter and being excited for what just happened. I can see Jesus being excited to watch Peter's hopelessness disappear and his joy arise. Peter says in, a, in verse 8, when, when Simon Peter realized what had happened... How crazy of this just happened. I was just on the shoreline, 
mending my nets and dealing with the dirt in my nets. I caught nothing. I'm, I'm upset. I'm frustrated. What's the point? I'm supposed to be good at this, and it didn't happen the way it should have been. All of a sudden, out of obedience to what Jesus asked him to do, there was a blessing, a huge blessing. And when it comes like that, it's like when answered prayer happens, or even when just God shows up in your life, you go, whoa, what just happened? All of a sudden, you can feel like, I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy because all I did was complain. And in verse 8, it says, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh, Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man, for he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. Peter, just don't be afraid. He's saying that to us. Guys, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Peter recognized his sinfulness. And out of that, Jesus called him to life on purpose, to love God and to love people. No longer to be afraid, no longer to have fear of the future, but to experience the depth of life that Jesus was calling him to, to do. Peter, who was a fisherman by trade, that was his life. Jesus saw that and said, I'll give you purpose to your life. We can experience that depth. To come as we are, to say yes, to get off the shoreline and give control of our lives to Jesus. Because once you give control to him, the journey and the adventures and the who knows what's going to happen tomorrow experience will only be awestruck in the way that Peter said. Just awestruck with what just happened instead of the boring, why isn't this happening? I thought I could do this. Let's give our lives to Jesus where our lives will be awestruck. What just happened? That was all God. Amazing. Let's live our lives with that in us. We can reflect Jesus by being followers of Jesus, by living out of, living out of obedience to him, by sharing his blessing with others. Peter, whole bunch of fish. He couldn't contain the blessing. He had to call for help to contain, to help with the blessing. It's overload. That's God's heart for us. He loves us. There is a blessing that he wants to just spoil us with. But we need to obey him. Today, church, let's take action. Today's the day to take action. It is time to get off our beach. It's time to put the sandcastles away. We've had our comfort zone. We've had our time of relaxation. And I'm not saying it's time to give up your frustration and your hopelessness. But what I am saying is that give that to God. Give it to him because he will clean it up. He will mend those nets. He will, he will clean those nets. He will clean you up if you can just say yes to him. John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. 
everyone here today, everyone listening, let's not let the enemy steal the purpose of our lives that Jesus has specifically put into each one of us, specific purposes. Let's not let the enemy steal our clarity. Let him not fog it and for us to get confused and wonder what's next. Let's go to the deep where it is unknown because that is the wonder of who God is. Jesus came to give us life and to have it more abundant. Let's not settle with the frustration of hopelessness. Let's give that to God. Let's be obedient today, right now, just like Peter. Even though he was miserable, he still chose to listen. And if you were to look at Peter's life afterwards, you see how his life was transformed by the renewing of his mind. He was leading, he, he, was, he started working with the early church and he started as a fisherman on the shore. That is amazing. What is God calling you to do if you could just leave that shoreline behind? Let's live by faith and not by sight. Let's love God and love people. Let's continue to memorize God's word, just like this whole month, guys. Let's, let's continue to memorize God's word. Let's continue to spend time in prayer, just like tonight. We're going to come together as a church, and we're going to pray and worship on Zoom at 630. Let's continue to pray. Let's continue to be thankful for God's blessings, for his goodness. Let's run the race well. Let's live our lives like Jesus did, saying yes to him and all that he has for us. Because it's good. His plans are good. I would like to pray for you. And if you're on for the first time today and you hear about Jesus, but you're not sure about who Jesus is, long story short, Jesus loves you. And he came to save you from death. And if you believe in him, he's going to live with you and never leave you. And one day, you'll live with him in heaven. But when you ask Jesus to live with you, he's encouraging you to get off the shoreline because there's so much more depth to your life and purpose to your life than your day-to-day so I would like to pray for you. If you are listening or watching online today and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, I would like to lead you in a prayer. And a prayer is just me talking to Jesus and I'm going to lead you. So just repeat after me or believe in your heart, however you want to say it. Just believe that Jesus is real and he's come to take care of your sins. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much that you love me. Thank you so much that you care for me. And right now I ask, you come live in my heart. Come live in my life. Let me walk out into the deep, knowing that you are with me at all times. Right now I ask, please forgive me of anything that I have done wrong. I want to be new in you. Help me walk with you day to day with purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Super simple, super simple. Just like when Jesus called to Peter, time for the deep. Let's go to the deep. Super simple. He doesn't leave us. And church, I want to pray as, as everyone here today. I want to pray as we conclude today's message. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you, 
you live a life that is so full and so abundant and so full of wonder. And Jesus, you ask us to come be part of that. You don't leave us on the shoreline and you don't go off and come back, but you call us off the beach. You ask us to launch off into something new, and that is the new in you, Jesus. So today, Jesus, we say, as a church, send me, use me. Here I am. Here I am. I want to be in the deep. I want to be in the known. God, I give you my control. I hand that over to you because I know the plans are good. Your plans are good. Your plans are faithful. They are true. They are full of love. They're full of hope. And I, I, I want to give you that control because I don't know what I can do on my own. But with you, Jesus, all things are possible. So God, today... Help us launch out into the deep. Let us see your goodness. Let's, let's be obedient to your call. And let's, we say thank you for the blessings that will come down because you are a good, faithful God. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.